On the line is a priest from, from Ballarat, the hometown of uh, George Pell. Father Kevin Lenahan is, is good enough to join us on the phone. Hello, Father. G'day, Justin. I'm glad to talk to you. Thank you very much for holding on. Can I, I want to ask you, first of all, personally, how, how are you feeling? Um, been a, been, a, been a big, been a, an, an incredible week. I, I want to ask you how you are. Look, it's been a big 30 years, really, and, and this week uh, sort of uh, compounds or adds to that. I, I think it's, uh, uh, we need each other as a Catholic community. I've been lucky to have family and friends and, and, and parishioners and others around these days, but we, um, there's a, um, I think it's, you know, aware that the uh, legal proceedings are still going on. I think it's right to say that Catholic people are, are gutted by what's been reported on this week. Um, there's, there's, do you, do you think that they are gutted, gutted by the decision, or they're they're gutted by the the crimes of George Pell? Well, I think both. I think we just heard Chris there sort of expressing what a number of Catholics have said to me too. But I think really, no. Look, I think more so. This is this just deepens the 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 you know the the sense of fury and confusion and betrayal that many Catholics feel about the leadership of the church, about their local priest even, yeah. uh, over, over years. And in a sense, um, uh, you know, even if the appeal, if the appellate court, you know, you know mitigated or, or changed the, the, the trial's finding, in, in one sense, something, some, we've crossed some sort of threshold. Something's been broken that can't be put back yeah. together. Yeah, yeah. yeah watching, watching George Pell uh, go in and out of the court and listening to that abuse... Uh, from people, uh, there was real. You can't make that up. Yeah. There was real anger in that oh, father. Yeah. Oh yeah, I absolutely. You know, I, I hear it. I understand. It. I feel a bit of it in myself, and I I, I talk. I, I meet it in people around the parishes that I work in. Um, it's it's really it's really angry, and and uh, it taps into the you know parents wanting to protect their kids. What do we say to any parent who's Whose, whose child is involved in church life, sings in a choir, or, or participates in church life or parish life, and um, like we, we we've done a lot in the last ten years to put you know into practice policies and procedures to show that we're doing we're creating safe spaces. You but think a that's story enough? Like this week, a story like this week uh, just cuts in underneath that and taps into those really deep protective instincts, you know, and we feel... The, the, the church has been protecting itself for a very long time and has, has committed um, some awful crimes and some very grave sins of covering up. How does that change? I mean, how do we, how do we, how do we stop it? I can't really put it any other way. Well, I think, I think one thing to look at is just the statistics, which while they show horrendous figures in, in decades gone by... Uh, show that that's not continuing on in, in, in church schools, in church in church parishes. The incidents of of, of allegations of contemporary uh, abuse or violence are, are are down to very very few, uh, almost none. So in one, but fa- father, I'm sorry, you're an intelligent man. They, they, these victims take a very long time before they come forward. We that is not to say exactly. that in the year in the no, year 2040. We're going to be hit with a, another complete wave of it. And and with the greatest of respect to you, I, I yeah. you know. For sure, we've no. learned that. But but do look at the statistics because even even with that delay, absolutely right, that delayed reporting thing, the the, the curve, the, the, there was some sort of statistical uh, ab, abnormality in a sense of the decades from the 50s to the 80s, maybe a tail into the 90s. 
Now, every child is too much. One child is too much. So, uh, yeah, but it, yeah, okay. But, but even with that delayed reporting, uh, we already, the, 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 if you like, the tide has turned or the trend uh, that, that, that needs more study. One thing we should be doing now and into the future is, is really trying to dig into that, that, that strange sort of bubble in the statistics where, uh, you know, large numbers of Catholic priests and religious brothers uh, much higher than the national yeah. average of, of abusing. Uh, Father, but I, I don't think the church is in a position to be able to take credit for any change. It, it is the victims coming forward that have changed things. It is not the church that has changed from within. Sure, but, but, the victim, but the victims coming forward, the work of the Royal Commission, the, the implementation of the recommendations of the Royal Commission will create, uh, is already creating change yeah. in, in church. Look, well, well, we hope so. Father, Father, I want to I ask you this question. I don't mean to cause you any offence, but w- why do priests rape children? This is not a new problem, uh, and it is an enormous problem, particularly, I know there has been other organisations, but why do priests rape children? Sure, sure, sure. So the Royal Commission, you know, asked into that uh, question fairly deeply, you know, why, 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 do, why does any mostly men, offend against a child. Um, they looked at various, you know, studies and typologies. These, these are, you know, deep, deep parts of human pathology, you know. We're not, no one's really got, can put the finger on the one after this. No, no. But, but looking back, looking at, looking at the stories, hearing, hearing the stories that have come forward, often decades later, um, while, while within the priesthood, like, as in within general society, there's a small, you know, 1% or thereabouts of people who, whose sexual orientation is towards prepubescent children. There was a period in the past, uh, over decades, a, a, a great rise in what the Royal Commission calls opportunistic and situational yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Which a, certainly a, seemed to be the problem in the church, wasn't it? A, a priest or yeah. brother had access to a kid in, in isolation, you know, in a school boarding dorm or in a, yeah. you know, in a sacristy, and and right... Uh, rather than control any sort of uh, wayward desire they have, uh, acted out on that child. What about, and, and when we talk about change within the church, they talk about the confessional, they talk about changing celibacy, uh, the, the, the way that uh, the pedophiles are reported with inside the church. Are we going to change that? Are we, are we going to be able to change celibacy and the confessional? Or well, is, the, or is the, the fight just too hard? I can talk about those things, but... but, but... Um, most of us working on the field know that that, that they would they would make minimal effect on any sort of change. The Royal Commission made very good uh, recommendations about the about the governance of local churches, about the training of priests, the, super, the ongoing supervision of priests. These these things, which everybody's paying attention to, and they will be where changes are brought about, and where the church can say to our own. People, we have to find ways to say to a Catholic community, here is the way that we assure you that this priest or brother or pastoral worker or lay and a woman that we're appointing you is fit for purpose and has been properly trained and is working in a supervised, uh, regulated environment. That, that's what the community in Australia expects these days, and we have come at that very slowly from the church. Yeah, but it's not, it is not those things that have, have caused the abuse of children and the covering up of the abuse of children. Uh, sorry, is it not? 
I didn't quite get that quick. No. Look, Father, I, I, I really do appreciate your time. I'm going to let you go. Uh, it, it's been a long week for you. I thank you very much. I do have one final <laughs> question, though. Has yes. this strengthened your faith in, in God this week, or has it uh, diminished it? Uh, uh, no, look, like any, any Catholics who are in church today heard Jesus talk about, you know, the blind leading the blind. And and they also heard St. Paul saying that if, you, if you're doing the Lord's work, um, it's, it can never be in vain. So I, I think uh, I, I, I think what this what all of this does in, in, is is to throw us back onto in in a way the reason we priests become involved in priesthood and the, and the reason that that most Catholics go yeah. to church on Sunday or connect with the church and that's about the gospel of Jesus. You know the product is is clean. It's not because people were following Jesus' gospel that they abused children in the past. It was a massive failure to live out the mission. So. That's what yeah. you've got to get Father, back to track with. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Father Kevin Lenehan, uh, priest from Ballarat, George Pell's uh, hometown. I thank you very much for his time on this uh, this Sunday.